0: Welcome to another episode of the Elevated Barber's Podcast. I am the Business-Minded Barber,
1: and I am here with... This is Delmore, aka The Prince, owner of Royal X Grooming, and the co-host of the one and only Elevated Barber's Podcast. Let's start the show. One!
0: All right. So today is going to be a fantastic episode for anybody that's wanting to learn, understand, deeper insights on just barbering as a whole. We have a very special guest that has been a veteran in the industry for years, and I'm not going to hold too long. Let's just bring him right to the stage. Tyreek Jackson.
1: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you guys
0: for having me. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Yes, sir. We appreciate you coming. Now I got a question, you prefer me to just call you Dell? You call me Dale You call me D You call me Prince Whatever Dale, Dale works, <laughs> Prince. I, I'm
2: not sure You know Grabber I got it Just want to make sure I going to acknowledge People the right way
1: Yes sir No we appreciate that
0: Absolutely Tyreek man So you are um, I think you are definitely um, I would say Philadelphia famous That's true mm-hmm. um, Your Instagram famous <laughs> That's true TikTok famous <laughs> That's true But more than that I would think that You are famous In the lives of the barbers that you've touched um the ones that the students that come to your school and you guys can see is premier barber institute uh, behind them, you've been able to really, really touch a lot of lives, and that's uh, in a lot of different areas. The first time that I got a chance to experience your wisdom was uh, during the pandemic, and uh, I, I somehow got a hold to the Tyreek Talk Tuesdays. So, if you don't mind, um, as we kind of uh, dive forward into who you are, but more so um, the the way that you have entered into the education space, uh, can you kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of who you are, just for the or the two people that may not know who you are?
2: Yeah, um, well, you know, my name is Tyree Jackson. I'm 46. I'll be 47 this year. I've been a barber for over 30 years. So, more than half of my life I've been a barber. Um, Always, always was educating in some aspect. Um, You know, I was volunteering at cosmetology schools and I kind of got the passion while I was in cosmetology school um, because I was already kind of cutting a little bit. I did a barber apprenticeship program and I didn't learn as much as I wanted to in the barber apprenticeship program. So, I went to school because I needed real knowledge and and um, there was no barber schools in the area. So while I was in there, I was helping some of the women, you know, do the, the men's cutting and the fading. I just really liked the way I was able to connect and teach and give them insight on how to fade. So I was like, you know, it kind of sparked something there. And then I went to the IBS show while I was still attending school. It's the first trade show I've ever been to. It was, a, it was the uh, International Beauty Show is what it was called, IBS. IBS in new york um Hmm. they have changed their name since then but they still go by ibs for most people who who do know um another company has taken them over but while i was there going to the shows i saw very few barber education classes and booths it was just very 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 minimal Uh, at that time i Mm -hmm. believe you know the barbering industry was like the armpit of the industry as a whole mm-hmm. and uh I, I just you know there was something about it that it needed to change yeah, and so i just right. kind of positioned myself to to say one day I'm, I'm gonna be on one of these stages i'm gonna be speaking here i'm gonna be teaching and i don't know what, what capacity how it's gonna happen but i know someday it will happen and that's kind
0: of how i got started in the education space man i love okay. to hear that delmar i know you probably got a question or two for him so i'm going i'm a hold back I, c- I got a lot of them so i'm gonna
1: okay. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm ready today brad um so, Tyreek, how long have you been in the educate education atmosphere?
2: So, I mean, I, like I said, while I was in cosmetology school in 1996, I was doing teaching in there, to, you know, helping them. And that kind of sparked it uh, while I was doing a uh, barber program i was an apprentice at a barber shop i trained all the apprentices that came in so once i got my license i was in there training all the staff and it, it kind of started from there but then i was going to different shops and, and doing some training going to different schools and doing just volunteering my time um, i think yeah. that i was just an educator all my life um, when i was a skateboarder i was teaching people how to do it when i was fishing <laughs> you know um, i was fishing i was teaching people how to fish and You know, so anything that I got, like right now, I play golf. Golf is one of my my, my getaways, and I'm with people, and if they're open to lessons, I, I try to teach them what I know and what I learn, so
0: pretty good golfer, too, so. Oh, it, are you? Yeah. How many hole in ones have you had nah. the chance to I've get? never had a hole in one. I never had a hole in one. Okay. But you uh yeah. you probably majority of the time getting you
2: an eagle or a birdie? Oh yeah, I'm 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 a birdie guy. Every now and again, an eagle here and there, but mostly birdies, birdies and pars. Okay. Oh, All man, right. You're
1: pretty skilled then.
2: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean for for my <laughs> level. You gotta look you gotta look at the percentage <laughs> of players that can break certain thresholds. And yeah. that'll determine, you know, how how good a per a player is. And I I have a handicap and it's getting lower and lower, but uh, I was at 8.9 at one point. So, oh, wow. If yeah, anyone who coughs, they probably recognize me. You guys
0: don't know. It's- yeah, I don't. I don't. You, yeah, left no. me, you left me with, I knew Eagle and I knew Birdie. And I, and <laughs> yeah, I knew you said God. 8.9. I
1: didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> is that good or bad? I don't know. <laughs> So. Yeah, but it seems like Tariq seems like you have a heart to help people, and um, you just made a post recently about volunteering at uh, schools. You mentioned that you know it's not necessarily that the, the schools are not doing their job, but if it's something that you don't like about you know what the schools are doing, then take you know one of your days off and go volunteer to help at the schools, and then you even describe how to approach it. Not just say I don't like what you're doing, you know, let me help you out, but just really lending a hand. You know, I'm, I'm off today, I wanna to come to the school and try to volunteer could you care to explain your thoughts for those who are listening to this episode today?
2: Yeah, well, you know, um, do, you have, do you guys have children? I'm going to ask that question first. Do any of you have children?
1: No, sir. have right. some nieces and nephews. Okay. Brad, so, no kids.
2: Okay, so when you're when you're a parent, right, and your kids come home from school, you ask your kids, hey, how was school today? What did you learn? Most kids say, oh, nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you talk to people in the industry, whether they're YouTube sensation or they're on social media, and you ask them, hey, what was Barbara? school like and they tell you, I learned nothing. I don't believe that that's 100% true. Okay. Uh, I think what happens a lot of times is it's not what you were expecting to get out of school, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have looked at social media and you thought that that's what you were going to get out of school. You watched a YouTube person that you admire and you thought that's what you were going to get out of school, and then you went to school, and you learned what you needed to learn to get to school. Now, listen: if you went to a school and you passed your state exam, you learned something. Number one and number two, they did their job. That's it, right? right? Now, if schools go above and beyond just the state board preparation process, then you went to a great school. Right. And when you talk to owners and owners that say, "Hey," You know, man, the school around here, it sucks. I've been trying to hire people and they ain't giving me nobody that, that I can hire. I I can read between those lines. A lot of times, there's two things about that. A lot of times the owner is saying that the school does need to do a better job. The other thing is that I think that the owner is so far removed from a time when they first started that they forgot how bad they were yeah. when they started, right? Yeah. And yeah. they're expecting a certain level or quality of student coming out of school. And because they're so far removed from that, they don't, it's like a person who, they, they just, they're just like, it, it's, it's one of those things. They're not connected to where that student is. Like a person who quits yeah. smoking cigarettes. They stop smoking yeah. cigarettes and then they say, oh my God, you're, you smell horrible. Forgetting that they used yeah. to smell like that at one point, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So it's the same thing. And, and, and so I mentioned earlier, I was volunteering going to schools as a young barber, right? When I began to hire, I was already volunteering at schools. So what do you think those schools were recommending those students to come? Work for me because I was already volunteering. So when I'm telling somebody on social media, if you have a problem with school or the way school go volunteer your time, go invest a little bit of your time in there. It will it will bring you a return. But don't go there complaining about schools like y'all do a terrible job. This is what schools need. And you know what else students need? They need to hear different voices they need to hear yeah. other people that that are going through that experience and here's what generally happens hmm. when people come and volunteer to the school they're like oh wow this is cool it wasn't like this when i was in school oh yeah. this mm-hmm. is all right you know, and yeah. if there if there are some areas that need improvement, those little demonstrations that they do or the little lecture or just that little talk or that sitting down at the lunchroom and having a conversation with five students about business, it changes their perspective about school and it helps to put them in a better position to hire people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like you said in that same video, you were saying that, you know, it's good for the students at these schools, these institutions to see different faces mm-hmm. other than seeing their teacher every day. Yep. and like you just said with the school recommending them or referring these these students to come work for you you know you like you said in the video you've been pouring so much into them they're more willing to want to come work for a, a Tyreek because you know you've been helping them you've been coaching them showing them the way this is what the industry really looks like outside of school so I, I really appreciate you saying that on that video
2: that's the entry level you know what the next level is what's that, what's open, that? A,
1: open a school mm.
2: yeah listen it not 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 if you don't have a desire to teach you're gonna be just <laughs> like the schools that you say are bad, right? right? Oh, you just worry about the money. You just worry... But if you have a desire to teach and create impact and change lives and help your industry, and help your community of barber, right, um, you can do that by start, volunteer, go, and if you like it, you might be encouraged to say, hey, you know what, and eventually one day say, you know, I think I'm going to open up a school and I'm going to make a difference. See, I wasn't a guy who complained about the industry. Yeah. When I went to IBS and saw that there was a lack of education, I did something about it, right? Yeah, right. When I was in my town, there was no barber schools, I did something about it. I didn't complain yeah. about uh, the lack of education i just became the education right yeah. you became the change that you wanted to
0: see
3: absolutely
1: yeah when that's so that, true man like we need more of that like a lot of people complain about things but they don't have a solution for it for what they're they complaining all, about
0: they only point out the problems and then just look mm-hmm. around like y'all see this yep. problem like it's, <laughs> it's bigger than that you, you have to yeah. be able to be the change that you want to see or create a um a, help the momentum build. You know what I'm saying? Like do something to add value to the problem that you see. Don't just point it out and do nothing else about it. You got to be a part, be a part. (laughs) And that's actually something that, um, I've had the privilege of being able to start doing, um, is starting to go to barber colleges and kind of share some of the wisdom that I've been able to gain over the, um, years that I've been in the industry. And it, I've, I've learned that education takes a heart for the student. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, want to show what they know. A lot of people want to just um, sell something. A lot of people want to just have the 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 glamour of being on stage. Um, they 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 may get into the education space in the wrong frame of mind. And I want you to, if you don't mind, sharing a little bit about what you've kind of gained from being an educator for so long. Um, for people that may want to get into the education space, like about the heart for the student, you have to care about the difference and the impact that you're going to create when you when you uh, choose to assume that role and. Uh, it, it was a wake-up call for me, I'll tell you that, because um, in my head, I just felt like I wanted to get some stuff out at first. And then when I started to really dive into what I was trying to teach, I realized that it's not okay to just tell people stuff. You have to ha- teach people stuff. <laughs> and so teaching people takes more <laughs> out of you than it does for you to just deliver the information. So yeah, Tyreek, if you you don't mind man, You, you, you guys don't have, have children.
2: children. We do... I, no. I don't.
0: Right. You you don't have <laughs> children. So
2: you have, you have to train the child in the way that they should go. Mm. Right? Yeah. You don't tell them what to do, you train them. Yeah. And you just said it in so many words like, you have to have a heart for it, but you got to train them. It's a training. It's not, hey, look what I'm doing. Look at my demonstration. It's a training. Yeah. There are steps to it. You know, Mr. Miyagi taught the karate kid son how to fight by training his muscles first mm-hmm. before he ever mm-hmm. threw the first punch. So you ask the question, you would like for me to elaborate on what it was and how it has impacted me or how it's changed my life. I forget the exact words, but you wanted me to elaborate on what education has done for me and what I've gained from it, I believe.
0: Yes, that and uh, if you don't mind sharing more about the heart that the, the teacher has to have for the student as well.
2: So I just, my live last Tuesday, I discussed, I watched the uh, Dave Chappelle Dreamer. And when I watched his Dreamer Stand up. It really hit me in a real way. I've mentioned this before in my life. I've shared it several different times on my lives, but this time hearing it from a, a just a different angle, uh, it really, really hit me. And Dave Chappelle said that he was living his dream. He said, "You have to be smart enough to know when you're." in your dream, Mm. but humble enough to know when you're in someone else's dream. And Mm. so because I pursued my dream when I was 18 years old, I said I wanted to open up a barber school one day because I pursued my dream. I've put myself in a position to allow other people to be, for me to be a part of their dream. Mm. So I opened up a school. We're here. Right, we're in currently. I'm on the stage that is on the floor that just so happens to be the ceiling of the first part of my dream. Mm-hmm. See, the first part of the dream was to open up a school. We're now on the second floor. The second floor. This is the second part of that dream, and now the stage is another component, right? Mm-hmm. But because I pursued my dream, and I really believe I'm living in my purpose. I'm, I'm living my dream. I opened up a school. I got students who've graduated, um, who opened shops. I got guys who've come out of incarceration, that their lives have changed. I got single moms and saying, I can really provide for my family now. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, I can, we can just talk about each student who's come through here and we wouldn't have enough footage yeah we couldn't be on here long enough right but yeah. but what it has done is it put me in a position to know that i'm impacting and changing the lives of the people that walk through this door and because i followed my dream and i'm living my dream i'm now part of somebody else's dream because that one kid coming out of high school that says i want to be a barber and i want to go to premier barber institute when they come to premier barber institute i'm now part of their dream
1: yeah 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 and i i want to point out something that you said in that video because uh, i thought thought. thought it was very encouraging, but something that you mentioned was dreams may be buried under discouragement, low self-esteem and past mistakes, etc. You also said you may think your dream has died, but it's time to redirect your thinking and resurrect that dream.
2: Mm, You got my hair standing up over here. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> man, I, my standing up as I read it because uh, mm. man like you know people deal so much deal with so much in their personal life you know upbringing uh, a lot of things goes into what shapes our mind right mm-hmm. so you know a lot of times we may start something and we don't see it all the way through because of whatever reason like you like you said in that video there's some things that may discourage us you know we have low self esteem about the dream that we're trying to pursue and, you know just pass mistakes that keep us in prison in our mind Mm -hmm. and me and Bradford was talking on a previous episode it starts in the mind you have Mm -hmm. to unlock that part of your mind you have to believe that you can do it no matter what anybody else that don't believe because everybody can see your vision but your vision is for you it's Mm -hmm. not for everybody to see So like read, like listening to that and then reading that caption that you put on that video, Hmm. it's like, man, that's so realistic and people need to hear that.
2: Yeah. Where where that has come from
1: for me is a strong
2: sense of self-awareness. And I know that a lot that term sometimes is just thrown around like, oh, you got to have strong sense of stuff. My mom did a really good job with me growing up and allowing me to be me. Mm-hmm. She did. She just, you know, I was I was a I'm Puerto Rican. I got a black name and I rode skateboards as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a moron. so But I lived in the city. The problem was in my community is that my mom's Puerto Rican. I look Puerto Rican, but I don't speak Spanish. So I didn't fit in. Mm. I got a black name, but my skin color wasn't dark enough to be considered black. So I didn't fit in. And then I rode a skateboard. Now, at that time, I'm talking about early 80s into the 90s, skateboarding wasn't cool for us to do.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, when Lil Wayne came out, you know, a couple years back and made it a cool truck fit thing. And it was was cool, right? Everybody played Tony Hawk Pro Skateboarder. And it was like, it was kind of cool. I was skateboarding prior to that. And I just didn't fit in anywhere. And my mom allowed me to be comfortable with who I was. And I really had some really cool friends along the way. And when I say cool friends, we all... You know, I found a couple other Puerto Rican skaters and a couple other black skaters and some white Mm -hmm. boys that we rode with, and we just had our own little unique group.
3: Yeah. And what we did
2: is we encouraged each other on a regular basis. You did a great trick, we all screamed and shouted. We we encouraged each other, come on, one more time. You can do it. Yo, you got this, you like right there. And because (laughs) we did that, it created such a strong self-belief in overcoming challenges and obstacles. It really, really did. So when I went to high school and I met my English teacher, teacher. And when he asked me what I wanted to do, and, and I said, I want to be a barber, I'm going to go work for Champ. Um, there's no barber school, so I'm going to go to cosmetology school, but I'm still going to work for Champ. Those are the things I told him. He told me that my dream wasn't big enough, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you want to be a barber? Man, you're a good writer. You speak well. Like, I was in English class. He was like, you should should be a writer. And I was like, I hate writing. I'm taking this (laughs) class because I need it for college prep, but I'm not even going to college. I'm going to go to cosmetology school and I'm going to be a barber. This is a person that's supposed to influence my decision making, right? But because I had already had that strong sense of self awareness and I had the ability to, to overcome obstacles, it was just an obstacle. He doesn't know what he's talking about because I know how I am about this. This is not a new girlfriend that I like this week, and I'm going to marry her in high school. (laughs) No, no, no. This is, I fell in love with Barbara. And I'm going to tell you another reason why I fell in love with Barbara so early. It goes back to my mom again. As a kid, we had some really good programs in my my community. So I'm not from Philadelphia. My school's right outside of Philadelphia, but I live about an hour and 20 minutes from Philly. I live in Lancaster County. It's it's an Amish country. But in that community, it's it's a very diverse group of people in that area. I think we have 150 something languages in the high school wow. right so um, the banners are the flags that represent the students that go to the school or in the school so it's a, it's a lot of culture there right yeah. Um, yeah. With, with that being said they had a lot of inner city community uh, uh, programs for kids so every summer my mom put me in any program in every pro I did carpentry I did masonry I did uh, filing for a job center um, I worked at uh, the urban league I worked at the parish resource center like I I've done landscaping, I've done so many things before I was 18 years old, right? Mm. So by the time I was about 16 years old and 15, 16, and I was introduced to barbering, you know, I thought I was going to go to art college. I thought I was going to go to art school, right? But when I found yeah. barbering, I was like, no, 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 I got it. Yeah. I found the thing where both kids they wait too long and they haven't tried enough stuff. They go to college, they hate what they do, and then they find something else. I've done yeah. so many things prior to that it was easy for me to say, you know what, I think I found something that I really, really am passionate about. Yeah. And, um, you know, just my instructor or my my, my my English teacher turning me down saying it wasn't a good dream. So then, you know, my mom not allowing me to cut hair at the house, right, to, um, you know, not having tools or not having the money. I, I, all those things were obstacles. They were character building yeah. things for me, right? And oh, I remember yeah. jumping off of 15 steps on my skateboard and almost breaking my leg. And I did that. Like, this is nothing. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna get this, right? And that teacher saying I wasn't my dream wasn't big enough okay whatever let me tell you something fast forward that was in 1993 when my english teacher told me that my dream wasn't big enough he said my son's in college right now i was like okay and that's his dream that ain't my dream yeah. in yeah. 2005 i hired his son to come work at my barber shop he became a barber
1: mm. full circle full circle he, he, full circle and,
2: and the english teacher came to the shop in 2006 and he said man you did you're the only student that did everything you said you was going to do and I told him and I hired your son in the process his son went to college was a Spanish teacher uh, English major as well and he left the
0: school district to become a barber and work for me for eight years. Wow. Wow. Full
1: yeah. circle moment. Now,
0: did you have a cause this is that it kind of reminds me of that story in the Bible where Joseph came uh and all the <laughs> brothers come back, right? Uh-huh. But did you have the 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 um the humility to not throw it in his face? Oh with- no I threw it in his face. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> I did
2: listen I did I'm telling you he, he listen he came into the school I mean to the shop and he told everybody he made an announcement yeah he said hey guys i want to tell y'all something he said this guy is the only student that was in my class that did everything he said he was going to do and i i, I said thank you and i nodded, and i said i appreciate it right and after about five minutes, it might have been 20 minutes he, i think he sat down and got a haircut because he was in the barber chair then. Yeah. his son was cutting his hair and i'm sitting there looking and then it hit me and i was like Hey, Mr. Gadsden. You know what else I did? I hired your son in the process. Yeah, and we laughed. <laughs> <laughs> we laughed. But 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 I did hear what he said to me. And I was I was a writer for Barbara EVO for two years. I did a column in Barbara EVO for two years. Mm. So I still write. I mean, I do my messages. I write for Tyree Talk Tuesday. I wrote curriculum. So I've implemented writing into. Um, some of the things I do as much as I don't like to do to write um, yeah. I have.
0: No, that that, that mm-hmm. means a lot man cuz uh you like you're when you're speaking about the dream that you were able to accomplish and how because you accomplished the dream that you saw in your mind, then other people are able to use your dream to create their own dream. Correct. And as people continue to grow, I think one of the big things that you mentioned that should be highlighted is your ability to be self-aware of what you can and cannot do. At the same time because some people only focus on what they can't do and then other people only focus on what they can do and they'll miss the opportunity to be the best version of themselves completely because you may get into something that you're good at in one aspect but then there's so many different surrounding things that go with what you're good at that you don't like what you do and it's some it's the other way around as well so um one of those um things that I really was able to be thankful for in retrospect was when I graduated high school I did not know I was going to become a barber that wasn't like a dream of mm-hmm. mine um for me it had a lot to do with me knowing what I did not want to do on a day to day basis um and I began to narrow things down. And then when I got around barbering, uh, when I went to school with my cousin who was in barber college in San Francisco, I just went to barber college so I could tell my mom, hey, I'm doing something with my life. I'm not, you know, being a complete loser. So when I started to get into that, I saw how it checked off all these boxes of things that I knew I didn't want to do. Like I knew I didn't want to see the same five people every day I go to work. Mm-hmm. Like that's just annoying to me right. to see this exact same people every single day. No, I need <laughs> variety in my life. I need to be able to have new conversations. I need to have new, um, almost build new experiences on a daily. So I knew that about myself. I knew um, about the fact that I didn't want to have no ceiling on my income. Like I knew that it sounds good to get a salary, but at the end of the day, really what they're saying is you have a salary cap. You can't make no more than what we are going to give you for the amount of time that we ask from you. And so I wanted to have my own ability to create as much wealth as I wanted to. I didn't realize that all my wealth was tied only to to my labor, into my work at that time, that was my mindset. And, and so as I began to understand more about who I was and what I would be willing to do on a day-to-day basis, when I got into being a barber, I was like, oh, I could I could commit to this because it checks off all of these boxes. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to give honor to what you were saying, Tyreek, about um, you being able to know your own self-awareness, like having that, because it, it allowed you to be able to overcome the obstacles that were put in front of you because you knew the value that you have within yourself. You knew who you were. The the interesting thing, I appreciate that.
2: The interesting thing about having a strong sense of self-awareness is that you don't care what people think. Mm. Um I don't know if you guys ever seen my 2006 Barber Battle where I won $25,000 in competition. Did you guys ever see it?
0: I never seen that, no.
2: Okay. So it was on YouTube and it was on there for a while. Um but YouTube got better with the music and so they found some music that I had rights to use while I was competing but YouTube doesn't have any, I don't have the rights for the music for YouTube. And so they took it down because there's a Michael Jackson song and there's a Prince song, but I was competing for $25,000. The way I had to make a decision whether I wanted to compete in this show or not. And uh, when they had asked me to compete, I turned it down three times. I said, no, mm. I don't want to. I don't want to compete. I'm not. That's not what I want to do. And they're like, look, it's twenty five thousand dollars. I said, I don't care. I got two barbershops. I got eighteen barbers working for me. Like, I don't want to compete for twenty five thousand. It's gonna cost me to compete, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, the lady sent me the DVD, and she said her name is Erica Washington. She said, look, I'm gonna send you the DVD. We want you to take a look at this because we would love to have your work. Um, I did a photo shoot for Golden Scissors, uh, and I also did uh, some work for it's called the Finest Barber Magazine and i paid for to 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 feature my haircuts in this magazine pre social media
3: yeah
2: pre yeah. social media so those photos got submitted to Bronner Brothers. Bronner Brothers saw my work and they were like, we don't have a barber that does what you do and we want it. So I turned it down three times. And when I decided to take it, it was because she made a promise to me. She said, what do you want? I said, I want to teach. I don't I don't want to compete. She said, if you compete in my show, I promise you that I would, uh, I would give you a spot to be able to teach at my show. And so then I was teaching for several years, traveling with the company and working at their shows. After that competition But my point in bringing that up Is this I completely changed my look To do the show So I went over there, I researched, right? A little research and development. Um, I got a pulse on what the industry was doing. I was at the trade show, I observed, and I said, okay, I know what they don't have because I see what they do have. And what they did have was everybody with long white t shirts, fitted hats to match their Air Force Ones, right? (laughs) And and baggy jeans. And I get that that was a style for a period, right? Yeah. But there was no professionalism. I was in the barber classes, and they didn't have, they lacked professionalism. They didn't have good Mm -hmm. quality cutting And most people couldn't finish a demonstration on stage. They had to finish it at the booth. And I was like, there's something wrong here. So when I did my research and development and I came to the show and I saw what was going on, I said, all right, I got this. I, I completely altered my look. Like, I wore my hair differently. I wore my facial hair differently. I I wore a suit every day um, uh, at the shows so that people would be like, who's that guy? Yeah. Right? I had my own booth. I taught education at my own booth. I sold DVDs, pre-YouTube, pre-social media, sold my own DVDs, sold t-shirts. I was doing color haircuts, color that glow in the dark. The stuff that you're seeing right now that is mainstream on Instagram and social media, mm-hmm. I was doing that in 03. So in 06, oh. when I'm selling the DVD, when I'm selling, I mean, I wish, I wish I knew this was going to be part of the conversation because I would show you the DVD because I, <laughs> right no, I have some here at the school. Right? Yeah. So because I, I show it to the students when we're covering like color and stuff like that. But yeah, I was doing extreme color. Glow in the dark, ultra un, 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 uh, reactive to UV light, like I had to blacklight.
0: If you I want to get had, the DVD, was, you can. What's that? If you want to get the DVD, you can. Man, I'm
2: on the second floor. It's down on the first floor. Oh yeah, we okay. I don't know, I don't know if our calls work that
0: strong. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I mean, I, I I could uh, I mean, I could probably send you a picture of some if you guys want to insert. Yeah, we, could yeah, just
1: we insert can it we can in. insert it
2: in. So um, yeah. So anyway, I was doing color and I was doing services at my booth. We're talking about 2006 for 175 dollars to get three colors in your hair. Wow, so wow. This was unheard. Heard of in the barber industry, right? At that time. Like, no, who's who's doing this? And so I created a name for myself which which really put me in a good position to, to, to i was like i'll take i'll do the competition if i can teach i'll do the competition so i did that i had booths i was traveling i was teaching and, and it just it really opened up a whole nother world although i didn't have a school at the time i was still teaching yeah. right i was still empowering people i mean i had private label products i was i had this first cordless flat iron that was mm. sold in america Right. And I was yes. selling them in my classes. I mean, just we could just keep going on and on. But the point is, is that I altered because I had a strong sense of self awareness, I altered. My look, my appearance, my everyday look. And the barbers in the shop are like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm gonna win this competition number one. And it was a marketing campaign, right? Mm. But yeah. I used that appearance to capture people's attention. And once I got their attention, then I can teach them something. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if I look like every other Joker on on stage, yeah. Yeah. Nobody can care who's that guy. I look like everybody else.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I went so around set the set block across
2: the street. My bad.
1: <laughs> no, that was a, that was a good trip. That was a good trip. <laughs> yeah, you definitely set yourself apart because like you said, especially early on into the industry, you mm-hmm. didn't see a lot of professionalism. Everybody, especially in the mm-hmm. urban community, people wearing T-shirts, jeans, J's to Coherent. Cool, but there comes a, a point in time where you want to establish that professionalism. You're going to attract the type of clientele that you are. So um, Bradford says this thing where you have to become what you want to attract. Mm-hmm. And I believe in that wholeheartedly. When I started dressing more more professionally and, you know, setting standards in my business, I started getting the higher paying customers who, you know, go to work every day, got family, but they care about the appearance and they want to, they appreciate a good, clean environment. They also appreciate, you know, you investing in your skill set, investing in your craft, investing in, you know, just being a better professional. And all that starts with personal development. And it goes back to what you said about self-awareness. You had to be self-aware, not only self-aware, but you also have to be... Be aware of your surroundings and what you do not want to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I want to tack on to that, D. If you, um, because what you're when you say self-awareness and self-development, that's a huge area that we're growing into as an industry. Like we're growing mm-hmm. in self-development. So many people are now talking about developing who you are as a person because where you gonna take you wherever you go. So yeah. if you are not developing as a person and you try to become a professional barber or you're trying to become whatever you're trying to be, you're you're gonna bring all of your bad habits mm-hmm. to whatever you do. And so yeah. if you want to grow as a barber, you have to grow as a person so that you can mm-hmm. grow as a barber. You won't even be able to retain the information necessary to advance as a barber if you don't have enough capacity within who you are as a person. So yeah. Tariq, if you don't mind, share a little bit about about the 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 um the the relationship, which is really not a relationship. It's really you be just insight in that you are who you are, but you have to grow so that you can grow in what you're doing professionally. So I'm still developing. Um,
2: you know, uh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly. And we all are. I yeah. haven't arrived, right? I haven't yeah. arrived. Um, I've matured. I've gotten better. I've grown. I've learned some things, right? Um, but I'm still developing. Yeah. Uh, I've realized uh, for a long time, I was so busy teaching, 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 teaching from the platform is that there was a period, a season where I wasn't absorbing. I wasn't sitting and listening, right? I wasn't, and, and it's what I've really enjoyed doing. I love going to classes and sitting up front. I don't want no distraction. Put me up front, Yeah. right? Uh, I got my notepad. Oh, I'm taking notes while this that was good you know content right there That was good com- context to what he was saying or I like that analogy yeah. and um, I like learning um, I can't expect the people who work under me or around me to be teachable if I'm not teachable yeah. right yeah. and so when you talk about the development aspect, I I said this before, you have to hire what you can get until you can train what you need. Okay. For many shop owners. Now I've, I've, I've been in I've been cutting hair in in barbershops over 30 years. Mm-hmm. I worked at a barbershop for 8 years where I was the guy who was hiring everybody and training everybody. So this is real to me. This is not just, oh, that's a nice little quote. No, I actually was hiring guys out of prison. I was hiring guys off the street that wanted to be apprentices. I was hiring guys that uh, Went to cosmetology school and quit because they just didn't like it and they wanted to be a barber. So I had all these different elements of people coming in, mm-hmm. right? And I was hiring what I could get for the owner that I was working for. He wasn't willing to do the training in the in, in the depth that I would, right? Yeah. But he had me there. Yeah. And so I was the person that was inundated with the job of the training, and I enjoyed it. Now, as I became my own shop owner, I got all the training while I was doing it under somebody else. So it was very easy to transition over to shop ownership because I already owned those responsibilities.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: And so the development became. And listen, you talk to any shop owner who's had people. There is not a lot of people that have barbers that stay over five years with them mm, yeah the average barber for a long time to stay with me was eight to ten years average wow I, I wow. had one barber who stayed with me for eighteen years. That's like having a child and they graduate from high school and move out the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. like I mean literally eighteen years they 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 were at my shop working yeah. and they opened up their own shop from the ground. When I say from the ground up, they literally poured the concrete for the foundation to build their shop.
1: Wow. Wow.
2: OK, so that's not wow. like just a, a statement. They literally dug out the, the dirt, poured the concrete, made the slab that they were going to build their shop. On, right. So yeah. I had all these different elements of people coming in, even people coming fresh out of school. And I was the barber who was like, "Ooh, I, I didn't care whether you could cut or not. Mm. right I wasn't that disgruntled shop owner like oh that school doesn't do a good job I'm like oh you went to school fantastic what that said to me was you had discipline you had determination you were focused you were teachable those are the things that I knew you had just because you went and finished yeah yeah Yeah. so now you you want to work for me Uh, all that other stuff I I already know you got that out the way so now let me help you yeah right let me help develop you into the barber that you aspire to be yeah right and so I think that's why the barbers that came and worked for me stayed longer. They almost felt guilty to leave. It's like, I don't even want to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you've been like my dad. You've been like my the brother I never had. Or you've been the, man, like, I, I don't even want to leave. And the environment that you produce
0: for growth. Like, that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. Like is, When you say that, and I hate to cut you off, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I wanted to just interject I, that and bounce out.
2: <laughs> I, I I haven't been full time in my shops. Now, I had one for 16 years and I've had one for 20 It's going on 21 years. In April, it be 21 years.
3: Wow. Congrats. Um, so, yeah,
2: I've had I haven't been full time in my shops since 2008.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I've been teaching for a long time. I've been a school owner. It's going on 10 years. July 8th, it'd be, it'd be 10 years since we opened with students. January is when we started the contract and we began to build it. So it's been 10 years since I've been developing this place. But with active students in here, in the building and instruction happening, July the 8th uh, will be 10 years for us. But I haven't been a full-time instructor in the last three years. I love teaching. Hmm. I got teachers who teach two of my instructors that work at the pro at this program are students that were barber students that graduated went out and worked came back and took the barber instructor program and then got hired on the school so they were my students yeah Yeah. they became my instructor trainees then then became my instructors at the school you got to take you got to hire what you can get so you yeah. can train what you need. Yeah. 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 Now I have six instructors at the school and a, a, a several substitutes, but the instru- all the instructors get training from me every year. Yeah. Every year because I'm concerned about, and this goes back to your original question, is the student's process, the student experience. What is the student getting when they get here? I have a heart for the students. Yeah. And I don't, I don't yeah. know if you caught my last live, there were uh, several students that were going to graduate, and when I went to mention them, I just broke down in tears because I was so grateful that they chose yeah. me. Yeah, they didn't have to choose me. I was just so honored that they chose this program to pursue their dream, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like. Because I chased my dream, yeah. I'm looking at you and I'm now part of your dream. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. The
3: student
1: experience,
2: man. The, I mean, I care about the student experience. Yeah. I yeah. really, really do.
1: And this shows that you really care, like you're a genuine human being, like you to share your knowledge with them since you've been in the industry for so long. I know each and every one of your students just appreciate not only you as a teacher, but they appreciate you as a person, the man that you are, because
2: I I believe that. I I hope that's true. I I believe that. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it in in, in different, different scenarios. I, I have seen it, you know, um, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm living a dream, man. I really, really am. I, yeah. I, the 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 things that I mean, I don't even think that I've reached my potential yet. I really yeah. don't. Yeah. I, I mean, some people look at me and be like, "Man, how do you do it, right?" Um, and then other people are like, "I couldn't do it, yeah. right?" Yeah. Other people are like, "Man, you got so much going on. I don't even know how you do it, right?" Like it's but. You know, I, I'm, I'm living a dream. I'm, I've been driving up here to the school. School's an hour and 20 minutes from where I live. Uh, and yeah, you talk about commitment. I drive here every day. Right. It's 56 miles one way. It's three hour drive in the car every day. I'm losing three hours every day of productivity because I'm driving, mm-hmm. right? So you talk about commitment. Yeah. Right. And there was a period where I wasn't even getting paid like I wasn't you know, I wasn't making school wasn't making money. Yeah. I was able to pay the bills, but I wasn't, you know, making no money. Yeah. So. So you you talk about that commitment. I got a I got a a car. I got a brand new and I was big against like buying brand new cars. Right. Like, you know, lease the cars or. Buy used because you know the depreciating value, all yeah, the yeah, finance yeah. stuff, right? But I drive three hours a day. I need a reliable car. I can't lease a car, right? My car currently has got 60,000 miles on it. It's a 22. Oh,
1: wow. Mm,
2: right? Man. I'm putting 30-something thousand miles a year on the car. Yeah. Right? I got it in November of 21. So I've had a little over two years, but I'm, I got 60-something thousand miles. I'm putting over 30,000 miles a year. Yeah. yeah. So the commitment, yeah. right? Most people be like, man, you're going to beat your car and put that many miles on. It's going to have no value. I got to get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. At yeah. the
2: end of the day. Yeah. I got to yeah. get. Now this week. Uh, this week, we're doing the recertification of accreditation. So it's a very busy week. And to be quite honest with you, um, I've been on Do Not Disturb. Like just, I don't want nobody bothering me, right? I'm just trying <laughs> to get stuff done. And a lot yeah. of it is, is done. But today I got here at 10 o'clock. No students, schools closed, you know, uh today. And um, I was finishing up to be on this podcast with you guys, you know. Like I, yeah. I committed to get stuff done, and nobody's here. I don't got no disruptions, right? I had nobody bothering <laughs> me. I didn't have to worry about, you know, an instructor needed something or a student needed something. Like I needed to focus, right? So I had to drive. An hour and a half to get here. You, yeah. you know what I'm saying? To yeah. just to just work. So an hour and a half, I ain't do nothing. Just driving. Yeah. People don't. And, and, and I we did a documentary. Um, it's on Barber View TV. V U E. Barber yeah. View TV. And he did a day in the life. And when he was traveling with me, he came. He flew here on his own dime seven times. He came, filmed students and characters in the in the school, like a teacher and a student, and just different people in the in the room. And he did a day with me. Yeah. And he said, bro, you've been driving this for, at the time, I think it was like eight and a half years. He said, you've been driving this like eight and a half years, bro? I'm like, he's like, every day, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And like, it, it doesn't seem like much to me, but when other people experience it or they take that drive, even the stu- I always encourage students, hey, come down to the shop and hang out with me, you know? Just come out and see what the yeah. shop life, shop culture is like. Yeah. And when yeah. they come, they appreciate me more. Yeah. Just from the drive. Yeah. They drive all the way down there and they're like you do this every day? And I'm like, yep, nine years, 10 years, eight years. And they're like, they value me
0: more. They respect me more. They appreciate it more. Yeah, Yeah, when you you talk about commitment, commitment will build your strength Mm. in whatever it is that you do, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing because when you when you learn how to get stronger at certain things, other people will think that they're like, "Man, you just do it so easy." But it's like (laughs) it's not. It ain't that it's easy. It's that I'm stronger Mm -hmm. in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So life don't get easier. You get stronger as a barber if you stay committed to whatever it is that you're trying to do in life. So that was a quote that um I got from somebody. That I, I've I've held on to that since. Like, yeah. like who says things supposed to get easier? You should get stronger. So yeah, that you, you, build, a you build that, you build that yeah. not to do it. Yeah. Do so
1: it. I, that was I so want so to piggyback back off of that, Brad. Yeah, go ahead. Because um, Tyreek also said something in his um, first video, his first live of this year. And he mentioned that motivation versus dedication or discipline. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm one to believe that motivation is a temporary emotion, right? Okay. But I feel that dedication and discipline will get the job done when motivation can't because you're not going to always be motivated to do this, do that, you know, reach your goals. But you have that commitment, that drive, that discipline, that dedication, regardless of you feeling motivated or not motivated, you're going to get it done because of the discipline and the dedication to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts on that, Tyreek, for the for the people who haven't seen that video yet?
2: Um, I mean, you you, you, you summed it up, right? I'm here today because of dedication. Yeah. I could have been at home resting. It's my day off. I could be watching some playoff, you know, games. <laughs> Football. I could have went and did some indoor golf because I do indoor golf. I, I could have went and got some training, indoor golf yeah. training. You know, there's a lot of other things I could have been doing yeah. today. Um, But I'm here because of discipline. I didn't feel like coming up here. I didn't even have a strong desire to do the stuff that I got to do. Right.
3: Yeah.
2: It's not the fun stuff. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but I'm here. In fact, I'm going to stay up here all week. I'm getting a hotel room. I'm just staying up here all week because there's so much. I don't want to be back and forth this week. You know, if there's any time that I'm just going to stay here by the school, it'd be now, you know, this is important now.
0: Plus it's snowing,
2: you know, it's snowing outside. Who won't
0: be out (laughs) slipping and sliding? You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. And
0: let us, let us publicly just say thank you for taking yeah. the time you know to, so. uh, to make the make Elevated Barbers a podcast a part of your Monday you know and yeah. uh, doing that drive on a day off and through the snow and all of that like we we definitely appreciate it and I feel that um, we've been able to get a lot of value um, from your uh, podcast today. Thank you I mean yeah. I know I, I kept going down these little pockets but I, I, I don't know if I
2: answered all the questions that you had or just some of the things I want to at least do that because i know i just been as you've been given. thoughts are going and i'm just going in these little pockets of stories yeah no i
1: think no, no this is what makes us great man it's, yeah. a it's a conversation it's a conversation
0: and um me and delmar are on this podcast that's what we really that's what we really try to do we try to bring on barbers um any professionals that are elevating barbers like that's the that's the point of the podcast is mm-hmm. to help elevate barbers that are elevating barbers and um we're we're doing the same thing in our personal lives trying to do certain things um but it's nothing like having people that have done it, you know, how that that are creating the impacts that um, barbers are trying to achieve. You're creating the impact for those things and you're doing it through the route of education. Um, You've taken your dream and allowed your dream to be the stepping stone for somebody else's dream. And when you said that, like that's, that's big. That's not small. So for any barbers that are out there that you're thinking about your future, you're thinking about where you want to go, like, be dedicated to the dream that you may have in your life because you don't know who it can impact. You really don't know the lives that you can change by your commitment, by Mm -hmm. your desire. Most of the time, I
2: don't think people
0: are Thinking
2: about the lives that they're going to change.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: You know, as an 18 year old kid, when I made that decision to say, hey, one day I'm going to open up a barber school, it was because there was no barber schools for me to go to. And I thought it'd be a great idea. I didn't come from money, you know, know, and I I hate, you know, everybody has the bad story. Right. We didn't come from money. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I signed up for school, my mom didn't know how to fill out the fast. Right. Mm -hmm. She filled it out while she was filling it out. She filled one out for herself And we went to school together
1: Mm. Wow
2: Right And this is the same woman Said I wasn't allowed to cut hair At the house Guess what happened When she started school Guess what she was cutting at the house house, yeah right so so I could have been discouraged again right but I was like this is her house guess where she work now at one of my shops see and guess what now I remember I had to send her home for a week Mm -hmm. yeah I I challenge any one of y'all to send your mama home for a week (laughs) tell me how that goes full circle yeah. Came on, <laughs> yeah. Came, on Came on back. Yeah, Came on back. Came on back. Came on back. But, you know, I, I say that to say this is and you mentioned what I was talking about in the dream. But sometimes you're the threshold for somebody else's breakthrough and you're that doorway that somebody yeah. else can walk through. Because I yeah. chose to go to cosmetology school, and because my mom had to fill out the FAFSA form, she was then educated on the process of her Pursuing that dream for herself. See what my mom was always into fashion. My mom did makeup. My mom was a ballroom dancer, but she would also do hair for the people that were she was ballroom dancing and stuff. But I didn't know she wanted to do hair. My mom was an at-home mom. She cooked, took care of us, was at parent-teacher conferences. So I only know my mom to be mom. So when I was deciding to go to school, and she made that choice. They, they gave her an option. They said, you can come to school, but in order for you to come to school, you got to go get your GED. Now, that was a moment for my mom to say, yeah, maybe this ain't for me. Because when she was in high school as a senior, she was pregnant with me. She had to drop out. She made a decision mm. to say, I want to be here for my, my, my son that I'm about to have. And so when I graduated from high school and went to cosmetology school and she signed up, she signed up and she had three months before the next enrollment process. So she had a deadline she mm. went and got her GED. See, m- me chasing my dream was the threshold for my mom to pursue her dream. Yeah. Yeah. And because I did the same thing with the barbershop and then, then the school, it it's just it just continues to evolve. Yeah, Because my heart never changed, right? I didn't get into school business. I didn't have a desire to be a school owner at 18 because I thought I would make money. I didn't become have the desire to become a school owner at 18 because I thought I would change lives, right? That wasn't the, the thought. It was... There ain't no schools to go to, man. People probably want to go to barber school, right? That was it. I'm going to be a teacher. I like teaching anyway so, you know, maybe that'll be the thing. Yeah. And so, it was just naive, ambition, uh, a little bit of drive, right? Because it wasn't finance because we had no money. It wasn't like I can go to my yeah. dad and be like, I got a great idea, Dad. I think we should open up a barber school. We could make a lot of money. That was not it. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. wasn't, that wasn't the thought process, right? But I went and I did it, you yeah. know? And, and as a result, the it wasn't the motivation it was it was the discipline it was mm-hmm. sticking to it cuz even I, I didn't i didn't stick to it with blinders though right i always knew that it was in the distance mm-hmm. right But I allowed things to happen in the moment. It's why I competed at Bronner Brothers. It's why, you know, I traveled and taught at other schools. It's why I was doing all these other things, right, that helped to shape my experience in the industry before owning a school. And all those things became building blocks. Yeah. Yeah. They all became building blocks. Like, when I teach chemical texture service, it's next level, right? Because I have a fullness of chemical texture service. When I teach hair color, I don't know... I don't know a teacher in the area that could teach color the way I can. And I don't mean that arrogantly. Yeah. what I'm saying is because I've allowed these other things to happen and and growing I learned color in a way I sat down with Randy Rick Randy Rick is the guy who wrote the curriculum for Empire Beauty Schools he owned Click Education as well he also created the color for Paul Mitchell Mm. I got to meet with him I was at his house and sit in his living room and we're discussing formulation and color and how color is created and where the protein I learned it on a whole None, on the molecular level. So yeah. when I'm telling you, there, I don't know any. I got cosmetology students that are licensed cos that they come to the barber program. Yeah. And when they sit in my color class, they're like. I- <laughs> <laughs> I, I got something else.
3: Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't
2: think, like, I don't need that. I already do color. But you helped me. You you brought it full circle for me. You helped me to understand it in a greater level. I now am better at formulating my cup. It's just, it, it, I, I'm telling you, I've allowed those experiences to happen. I've embraced them. I, I went full into them. And it wasn't just motivation. It was just being disciplined. And what I realized that all those things were training sessions. Yeah. So that that way, when I'm standing in front of students that are signing a contract, for me to teach them that i can give them the best
0: of what i got
3: yeah. yeah and
0: all like this is this is subtle and a lot of people may miss what you just said and the depth of it and i may have missed some of the depth of myself just by listening to you but one thing that i do want to point out man was you use these other experiences learning lessons like you, like you said before like you were you never stopped learning you never stopped learning so as you develop as a person with the different experiences that you're in because you've made a decision to go down the route that you were going down in regards to the school and everything that had to do with your dream, your development has allowed your arsenal to teach others to be like on super, superpower mode, like superhero mode, because you are, you're absorbing everything. And then you're learning how to reapply it to what you chose to do. And anytime you like, I, I like this, uh, quote, like, a decision means that you had to cut something else off so that you could achieve this. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a difference between, like, just having choices and options. It's like, no, I'm gonna make a decision. And when you yeah. make a decision, you cut something else off so that you can go this way. And what yeah. you were just bringing up, um, Tyreek, is so, it's, it's deep because when a person makes a decision to go down this route, if you don't have dedication and you don't have discipline, then you won't be able to take this this choice. You won't be able to check your decision and grow in it because you're not you're not looking at the ways to you to be a student. You can I'm sure you can use golf now that you, you're you into golf. You I can, can use, use anything and, and take it and trade it to your to your barbershop.
2: T- because I'm a teacher. Yeah. W- when I do my, my training for my teachers, because I'm a teacher. If you're a teacher and you have a desire to teach, you will find ways to convey the message yeah you right. Know I mean? right if you have more knowledge in the information you do it better if you yeah. have less yeah. knowledge you do okay and it's a training tool that i use but when you talk about making decisions let me tell you something i was a booked barber now this is probably like one of those things where people say you know oh were well, you bragging about how busy you were let me let me let me tell you what i mean i was booked monday through friday i'm sorry monday through thursday from 9 a.m to nine o'clock at night nonstop, okay? But I loved it. It wasn't like I was every half hour, every 20 minutes, bang, 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 just knocking them out, right? Now, people today would say, and I, I was younger at the time. They'll say, the reason why you were so busy is because you was too cheap. Probably so, right? Probably so. However, I was a very busy barber and I was making a lot of money, right? Cutting yeah. hair. Um, Fridays and Saturdays, seven in the morning to nine ten o'clock at night, nonstop. There was like, I didn't even schedule a lunch break. I was younger, right? I was younger. I was making $1,500 a week when haircuts was $8, okay? So I was chopping. Yeah, you was. Big- I lived in the barbershop. I was the first one there. I was the last one to leave. I didn't drink. I didn't go out. I didn't celebrate. I was in the shop all day, every day. That was my life. I had, I had goals, right? So when I owned my own shop, I was busy all the time. In order for me to open up a school, I had to give up my clients. Mm-hmm. I had to go work for a school that was only willing to pay me $18 an hour. Wow! Right. What if I got to be there Monday? If I got to be there Monday through Friday, yeah, from nine a.m. to three thirty at the very least. That's a huge chunk of what I was used to making. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you talk about giving something up that was a sacrifice that it was a necessary sacrifice to achieve the goal because the goal was faced on based on discipline not yeah. motivation.
1: Yeah. And you saw the end goal.
2: Oh of course. Yeah. Of course. Then then while I was working at the school, I elevated. I was instructor, supervisor. Now they we negotiated more than $18, but they weren't trying to give me nothing but $18, right? Yeah. Now I was able to negotiate a better uh, 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 rate I was also able to cut my clients at the school after hours i would never cut my clients during school hours because that would take away from the student experience yeah mm-hmm. you're not gonna come to school and watch me cut all my clients all day long I'm Like, yeah go ahead and do this that wasn't happening
3: yeah right. i
2: could have done that because what were they gonna say nothing right yeah but that wasn't it it was about the student experience so i cut my clients after hours which then freed up my chair and i ended up making money off my chair from renting my chair out at the shop yeah. but that school was a one we built it from its inception on up we had uh, uh, 100% success rate from job placement, licensure, and graduates. I mean, everybody just stayed at the school. We had that better than the four other schools that the company owned. They said, Tyreek, what you're doing here, we want you to see if you could do it at Wilmington. An hour and 45-minute drive away from my house. Mm. <clears> they said, could you do it? I went and visited that school. I said, listen, they're going to need a little bit more than just me. But I'm willing to take on the job. Yeah. I went there and I worked there for 10 months before I opened up my school. They knew that at one point I was going to open up my school. And I made a commitment to them that I would open up my school. In a competing area from where their schools were located, mm. so you want to know why I'm an hour and a half away from my house? It's because I committed to not opening up a school in the area that they were they were they were at at the time. Ten months after I left that school, they closed down. Wow! Not because of me. There were other things. However, yeah, this uh, <laughs> like listen. that's like we we didn't lose because LeBron left. what i'm saying is there's so there's so many other components it was a good school we listen when i got to that school in wilmington they used to have 320 students in the school when i got there they were down to like 80 and they were trending losing third in the barbering program. No, I'm sorry. They were down to 80 students total and mm. they were trending 30 drops a month, but they were also enrolling 15 a month. So in six months, that school was going to close down. Mm. In 10 months, we turned it around to 120 students, right? And we were having a consistent enrollment of solid 10. So we were trending in the right direction. So I was able to make some adjustments, put out some fires and make some things work. Yes.
3: Yeah. When yeah. I
2: left 10 months later, the school closed down, but it wasn't solely because of me
3: yeah there was some
2: infrastructure that they needed the right personnel to manage it and run it and then they needed to keep it going i told them the changes that i made it would have took about three years to see it fully turn around based on the trends that i saw happening right yeah Uh, the data gave me that information and um uh I still have relationships with people that was there. In fact, I hired their my financial aid personnel. She's a she uh, basically is a consultant and an in house auditor for us now. And that was a promise I made to her. I said, When I when I get financial aid, I'm gonna give you a job. Yeah. Hmm. Always giving back, Tyree. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who else to be, brother. I just gotta be me. Yeah. You know? Yeah I don't know who else. I don't know who else to be. I'm not trying to be like anybody on social. I'm not trying to sound like anybody. I'm not trying. I'm just being me. Somebody, Mm. I I met someone probably about three weeks ago, and they said, Tyreek, you translate well and i was like what do you mean and they said you you, you translate well and i was like mm-hmm. well i know what translate means but what do you mean right yeah. <laughs> and, and they said what you see on social media is what you get yeah mm-hmm. when we look at you you are exactly who you say you are and she said it's refreshing to run into somebody and meet somebody that in person, they are what I was expecting them based on what I've seen. And that that, that hit me, that, that that meant, because I don't know who else to be, you know? Yeah. Not, it's not a, it's not a, I don't live in a Snapchat world, you know what I'm saying? I don't live yeah. in a filter yeah. world. I'm just, just here, man, living my life, being me and yeah. trying to be, as, you know, the best version of myself I possibly can, not just for myself, but for others.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fakes out there. It's a lot of people who are putting on for social media, but when you're as genuine as you are, or as genuine as a Brad, different ones that we've had on this it's show. Tough. And you appreciate circle. that, brother. I appreciate that, brother. But when you're genuine like that, people can feel that. Yeah, they can feel that yeah. it's not a facade. They feel they know that it's the real you yeah. Like you are who you are putting yourself out to be. Correct. It's not a put on. It's not, you know, you put on a costume and you're pretending to be somebody else. You're yeah. going to be Tyree, brag to me, Brad. I'm going to be me. Yeah. And people respect that. Sure so will. I do have one more question for yeah, you. Sir. I don't yes mean sir. to cut you off. Nice. No, uh good. and then I I'll let Brad have the floor because I know he got I got one more whatever question. he got he got one more question <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I I just have one more as well. Um, I seen a recent video that you dropped last week and you mentioned about, I think you said the times were. correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said I have an hour service. I have a 30 minute service. I also have a 15 minute service. You're getting the same cut. I think that's what you said. You're getting the same cut, but you're booking based on my time. Is that correct? Yes. Do you care to explain that? Because I'm trying to see how, you know, 15, 30, an hour, that's completely different times, but- you cut hair service you, yes you,
2: you cut hair right okay yes. so well, without full context most people don't know that i can cut really really fast right so mm-hmm. context i did it for 500 i did a two minute and 32 second skin fade that's a two on the top skin fade with the line and i even use the razor that's full context okay wow do i want to cut fast like that not yeah. at all I absolutely do not wanna cut fast like that. Okay. So in business, you have the the good, better, and best model, right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. What they tell you, you gotta have the three. You gotta have give people options. Yeah. Yeah. I don't wanna have you sitting in my chair for an hour either. Yeah. Right. So the best option is the middle because I'm going to spend 30 minutes with you. I'm going to do that. Most of my clients that book with me, they're booking a 30 minute session. Okay. I make more money if I do the the 15 minute session. So Mm -hmm. how this works is like this. It's still a haircut, beard, trim, shape up, whether you want color enhancement or not. I don't have an a la carte. It's what you, you paying for the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I got a client, his name's Hollywood. Um, his name is actually, uh, his last name is Woods, but he calls himself Hollywood. They've been calling him Hollywood for a long time. He's a basketball coach, great guy. Yeah. He mentioned to me probably about like three, four months back, he was like, hey, I got a question for you. I said, what's up? He goes, you know, when haircuts was $10, right? <laughs> he, says, <laughs> he said, man, you used to take about 45 minutes on my head, right? And I said, uh, okay. He goes, "And haircuts are $60 now, and you only spent about like 10 minutes on my head. <laughs> right yeah and guess what he gets he gets a temp fade he gets sometimes he gets to take it down sometimes like alternating on the weeks but for the most part he gets a temp fade he gets enhancement on his front line he got a goatee take off the facial hair and he gets a razor on his front line 10 minutes 10 mm. minutes wow i've had students come to this from the school come hang out with me and they're like i'm like so my, my point is this if you do a skin fade i don't reset all of my haircuts So, on YouTube and on Instagram, guys would be like, You're gonna put your one, and then you're gonna put your zero, and then you're gonna go ahead and you're gonna blend this line out. I don't reset all my cuts. I cut from the top down. So, I don't necessarily reset all my cuts. I don't put a guideline in the cut because the head creates the framework or the guideline for me, right? I know how high Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take it. I know how high I'm not gonna take it. So, let's say you were a weekly client. I've been doing this for years, okay? Mm -hmm. But when I shared that on that that post, well, actually, I was talking to students, I was doing a demonstration. I was explaining to them, once you learn the fundamentals and you have a strong skill set, you can begin to adapt that to help speed up. And I was encouraging the students to try different methods based on what we're teaching them so they can figure out what works best for them. Right. Not everybody's gonna like the top-down method. I personally know that if I cut from the bottom up, it will slow me down. Okay, I know it will, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get a skin fade and you're an every week client, right, and you get a, you get the hairline, you get part of the, at least on the side here, right in the corner, right at the point of recession, you got a nice line coming down and maybe a little bit of curve in your temps, right? That's what you get. You get a skin fade. So you all see the fade, right? Y'all yeah. see it? Yeah. Regardless of the top, you see the fade, right? Yeah. You come in next week. Do I got to put another zero and another one and a half and start to blend it out? Absolutely not. You're a weekly customer. So- one, I'm going to save you more money if you take the 15-minute 15, 15 service, and you're still going to get a quality cut, because all I have to do is blend that bottom out and re-hit your line and give you a half in 15 minutes, I'm done. Mm. It's still a, it's still skin at the bottom, but the fade was so tight from last week when I cut you that I don't have to reset the haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And many of you are already doing it. Some of your clients, you're cutting them, and you're not totally resetting the entire cut. You know how to, like, cut the corner and blend it on out and just touch the line up, hit the line. So So all I did was prioritize a system around it, Hmm. right? Because that customer coming every week, regardless, I had a customer for about four years before he got incarcerated. He was coming in on a Wednesday for a full cut and on Saturday for a cleanup. Hmm. What? Twice a week? Every week? Thirsty Thursdays. And on Saturdays, he was going out to get some more ladies. (laughs) Thirsty (laughs) (laughs) Thursdays. That's what he told me. I'm not making up. That's what he told me. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I'm going out to get these women. It's thirsty Thursdays. They're out. I'm like, okay. So he got a fresh cut. And yeah. guess what else he got? He got a clean up on Saturday. Cause guess what? More girls is out this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so he basically trained me in the process. Because I'm like, I don't even gotta reset the cut. I just bam, bam, bam. And he right. he know he got raise the line, he's got the enhancement. I just touched the bottom up, fade the back out, he looked like a brand new cut all over again.
3: Yeah. Mm. Right?
2: So there are clients and it's an hour service now i'm all there's there's probably a handful of i would say about a good five people now i don't cut i told you i haven't been full-time in my shops since 2008 i only cut thursday night after six i mean after five friday night after five and on saturday all day long from seven in the morning to about five o'clock that's my schedule now and um, there are a handful of people i'll say about five different guys they're traveling from different areas one's mm-hmm. traveling from philly to come to lancaster another guy's coming from virginia to come to lancaster another guy's coming from harrisburg to come to lancaster for me to cut their hair mm-hmm. can you hear me yep mm-hmm. okay so as a, as a result as a result, what happened was they're like, I'm driving 45 minutes. I want to spend time with you. Yeah. Most of those people that are asking me questions, they're asking me, they're sitting there getting a haircut, but they're like, how's the school going? Hey, how's the family? Or you know what? I was thinking about doing this thing with some real estate and I was trying to figure out, I'm like, oh, I got a friend and we just have, it's a different level of conversation. So they want the time.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. And and I only had an hour slot time because there's like one guy that he was coming from D.C. to get a haircut. His haircut was a high and tight skin fade. He had a lot of density and it took me a little longer than the 25. And if he if I was running a little bit behind or something, I didn't want. So I would I would tell him you need to book the hour slot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's how that happens. So you're still getting the same haircut. <clears throat> I'm not putting a hot towel on your neck and lathering you up because you spent an hour. You're getting the same haircut. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're getting a quality haircut, right? You're getting out it, it, whatever you value the most is what I'm giving you. You're still getting a good haircut regardless. But if you want to be in and out, schedule the 15-minute service. If you want to be in and out, uh, or, or you want to spend a little bit more time, then you need to spend, uh, then you need to do uh, a, a half-hour. Majority of my so let me give you the price. $45 for 15 minutes $60 for the the 30 minutes right and $100 I think $75 I'm sorry $75 for the hour service mm-hmm. if I do two people if I do one person in an hour that's $75 if mm-hmm. I do two people I'm getting what's that 60 and 60 that's uh, 180 120
1: 120
2: 120 120 But if I do the 40, if I do the 45, now I'm getting more money.
3: Yeah, 15
2: times 40. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? That's 90 and 90. That's the 180. That's the 180. So I would make more money with the quick one, right? But I get majority of my clients are getting the middle section, sixty dollars. So I'm still getting the one twenty out, and all those clients. We're not even talking about gratuity. We're just talking about just the base price. Yeah, the
1: base. Yeah.
2: I'm I'm telling you, I got a guy who pays me seventy five dollars. He ain't got no hair on top. I just line up his beard, line his mustache up, and his mustache is toe up. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Listen, I well, love the guy.
0: Smart, smart. <laughs>
2: I, I, listen, I love the guy. I love him. But here's the truth. He pays me $75 to do his beer. Him and he so so when he schedules, he schedules um, he doesn't schedule beer service. He schedules a half hour service. Right. It mm-hmm. so gives me $75. I spend 10-15 minutes on. It. But with him, I add a hot towel and I blow dry his beard out. He give me 75 dollars. It take me 15 minutes to get to his head. He ain't got no oh, hair. Yeah. Oh, line, line, hit this little line. Shoot the shaving cream. And that's a metaphor for you know, yeah. sugar honey iced tea. Shoot the shaving cream. <laughs> and then and then, and then then what I do is I, I moisturize his beard. I blow dry it out. And then I just hit the razor on his line. And 75 dollars. He's out the door in
1: 10 minutes. 15, wow. Wow. I'm sorry.
2: 15 minutes, 20 minutes if we're just sitting there having more conversation. I'm telling yeah, you, man, that's you,
1: beautiful. You, so, you, you still so you, making you them.
2: Probably are doing it. You just haven't created a system around.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I,
2: I got me a
0: system. Delmar, yeah. we working on his. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I'm, what I'm saying is that guy that you do every week, you probably can get away. He's not going to know the difference because you still give him a line. face still tight. That if you just touched up that bottom and blunt him out in 15 minutes, he 20, 15 minutes tops. He's not. And you might not be a 15 minute bar. it might be a 20 minute. That's fine. If, if, yeah. if you're average time is 40 minutes, how can you put that in half, right? right? If your average time is 30 minutes, how can you break that in half? That's just how I looked at it. How can I, I'm only breaking them in halves, that's all. It's half of 30, it's half of an hour, that's all.
1: Yeah, yeah. and I do have a few people that I do that on. They might have gotten cut the week before and they come in and I'm like, this cut still look fresh, so I'm just gonna freshen up the bottom, line them up. He's not gonna be able to tell the difference but it's still a quality cut because the cut was so good the week prior. Yeah,
0: that's beautiful. Now you done I'm gonna do more with your question cuz I'm I'm a, it's gonna I'm, be like a hard a left. DMV.
1: He, he, he answered everything for me. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. All right. So my last question, it has to do with um with booking. And I know that you use a uh, booking platform. I don't know which one it is that you use, but I do believe that you go through effects apps in regards to overlaying whatever platform that you have. And I would like for you to share a little bit about the benefits of having your own system and not um relying on different platforms to be your promotional tool or whatever like there's a reason why um you do the things that you do in the relationship that you have um with Efex. and i would love for you to share about it because i i a thousand percent agree so go ahead so so eFex is an app developer. So he basically creates an app. It's basically a
2: box. You take a box and you can put whatever you want in the box, right? Yeah. Scheduling system the platform that I use for scheduling is Acuity. It's not one of our mainstream social media, Instagram influencer promoted platforms. But it gives me all the tools that i need um squire has an amazing platform right but the cost associated with squire doesn't work best for me in my budget so i just choose not to use squire for me right mm-hmm. um, the fact that i don't choose a Booksy uh, or um or the the cut app is because those are directories right those are what i would call uh community-based directories right they're they're an app that has they're they're marketed to the customer but who markets the customer the barber does because the barber comes and you get a cut oh you want to book with me download the cut app cut app is not the name of my shop cut app is not the name of my business right uh booksy is not the name of my business my business is sharper image barbershop download the sharper image barbershop app yeah Mm. school is premier barber institute download the premier barber institute app okay so although i put acuity as my scheduling system the app itself is the brand that i represent yeah so i'm big on branding yourself or your business right uh, you take Money uh, Money Mayweather, right? Uh, TMT is the brand, but he used to be Pretty Boy Floyd. He evolved right. into TMT, yeah. right? Yeah. So everything he does is TMT, the yeah. money team. He's branding himself, right? That's what it is. That's the name of the game and you want to be a recognizable brand in the city, in the area, in the community, then you have to have a brand that stands out. It becomes confusing if you go to Google and it says Sharper Image Barbershop and then you come into the barbershop and the window says Sharper Image Barbershop and I give you a business card that says download me on Booksy. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the benefit of having your own app is that you can put whatever platform you want now for example it's not that the booksy and and the cut app are bad because if you're a new barber coming out of school those are great resources because a bunch of barbers in your area put their customers in there Mm -hmm. yeah okay so now you have the opportunity to promote yourself get good reviews and hopefully those customers will find you because you're close to them. <laughs> Right, right, right. But but when you have your own application mm-hmm. and you have a scheduling system within your application, if you are with Booksy, you can put Booksy in your app, but you don't tell your clients download Booksy, you tell them to download you. Yeah, yeah. If you don't like Booksy for whatever, maybe Booksy gave you three months promotional free. You don't like it, you want to change to uh, the Cut app inside of that platform, inside of your app, you can put them in there. You put a, a high hyperlink and now they're booking you through that system and it works for you yeah. a barber leaves or quits you cut them off they they're going out the app nobody sees them anymore they can't book with them anymore yeah. right these are the different ways that you can control it but when you're with a platform that's solely booking like booksy you leave a barber shop you gotta put it in there where you left but now other barbers can siphon as you said your clients yeah right new barbers can go in and just start putting up content and saying hey look you know i want to be a barber if you if you sign up to booksy this has happened to me and people i would get text messages like hey um uh, if you're looking for a haircut come check me out my name so and i'm like this barber's advertising to me and i only signed up because i want to see what the platform was like and now yeah. barbers are soliciting me because my information is inside that platform yeah wow i had to put stop Stop sending me, you know, you text stop. I put stop. I don't want here, I don't want nobody else advertising to me. I don't, I'm not coming to your shop to get yeah. a haircut. Yeah. Right. So. As a professional, as an owner, understanding the brand aspect, right? It's important for you to build your brand. Even my barbers. My barbers are building themselves up under the banner of the barbershop, yeah. right? They have to use my... In order to come work, you, you have to use our system, Yeah, right? It makes the ownership a much better place because now everybody's using the same systems. The clients aren't having a confused process because if you're a client that sits in anybody's chair... If I want to go to Joseph, he's on Booksy. I got to go to Booksy. But if I want to get a haircut by Aunt, I got to go to, you know, the cut app. And if I want one from Josh, then I got to go to Squire because they are all different links. Mm-hmm. No, if you download the Sharp Image Barbershop app, Even if that was the case, I can put their link in their system and they're still downloading the shop app and connecting with their barber through that. So you have flexibility when it's your own app because you're building your own platform. Listen, we want verification on Google. We want verification on social media. Why don't you want to have a verified app in the app store with your business name in it? Yeah. If if you don't get your name in the app store and Google Play Store, somebody else can take it and you can't get it.
1: Mm. Wow. Man, that was deep. Wow. Wow. It was. I just learned a lot just now. <laughs> yeah. <It's really laughs> same here.
0: Because it's... it's. Uh, I want
1: to leave my company now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I'm not, I'm not
2: telling you. I don't even know who you would. I'm not telling you to leave your company. If your clients right. are using that platform to schedule with you, yeah. it mm-hmm. has a hyperlink. Right. You can build your own app and use that link inside the company. Because you might change in three
1: years. You yeah. might
2: grow. You might expand. And now you got to make all these other changes. If, I don't know if you hire... Do you have barbers that work under you?
1: No, I'm in the suite So it's just me now
2: So let's just say That you say Okay, I did the suite thing Now I'm ready to Listen, the economy has changed Right? It used to be a a shop owner's economy Now it's a A practitioner's economy Because they're all going to suites And everybody want to be their own boss Right? But there will be a shift again Just like the real estate market changed Just like the car market changed They all Mm change, Where It's going to be an owner's market again because people are going to say, yo, sweets is expensive. Sweets is crazy. Like I can't afford this. Like, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, and they're going to want to find, I missed hanging around with the guys. I missed the camaraderie Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And you become a shop owner and you're on a scheduling system that just focuses on you. You won't be able to hire people and put them under your system. They're going to have to have, go get, you're going to tell them, all right, look, download this creature thing and then send me the link and then we'll just do it. No, I want to give the barbers you come here to work. You got to show up to work. I'm going to set you up with what you need in order to to, to work here. That's all.
0: Yeah. yeah. You provide infrastructure. infrastructure.
2: It's yeah. just you're business. Providing yeah. I'm providing structure. I'm providing... Not yeah. just structure. I'm also providing infrastructure.
0: Yeah, that's what I said. Infrastructure. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because it allows yeah. them to come in and grow. Like, yep. it, they yeah. don't have to... You're providing the environment for their growth and anybody that wants to grow would appreciate that. One of the things we did
2: was not only do we have the walk-in list for the walk-in barber,
0: but we also have for anyone
2: to stay in overtime. We have a price list and a schedule button just for the barbers that are staying overtime. So it's no more like, can you stay at the 7? No. Did you book it? Yeah, I got to go. I got stuff to do. Right? Then they're like, oh, I want the 7 o'clock. We close at 7. But if they book it, they paying double the me.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And time, time and a half. <laughs> time and a half or double time. One of the two.
2: Yeah. One or two. Whatever you decide which works best for your business. Right. Yeah. The yep. thing is, okay. is that I want the system to be there. And, and and I got a guy who he's a single dad. He does a lot of activity with his son. Right. All kind of stuff. He's got him in all kind of stuff. And what I explained to him is you need to spend more time with your son because you work a lot. And son was younger son's now five so he's doing a lot more with it but when he was younger i'm like you're working till 11 o'clock at night like new year's he's working over one o'clock he's like it's in there cutting like i'm gonna start the new year's the same way i started like i'm gonna be in the shop cutting. that's he reminded me of me when i was younger right yeah but yeah. but um i mean he's on he owns real estate now um uh, he he bought a car and was touring his car out. like he, he there's no he, he he's about it right he's yeah, learned a bunch of stuff that. and he's about it so yeah. so i said listen i know you like cutting late you like staying busy i get that but you also gotta spend time with your son what's more valuable? and i asked him he told me i would like to do more for my son i said if people are booking with you and giving you the bare minimum to for you to be in here late at night where you cannot spend time with your son and you got you're taking your son home and putting him in bed is that valuable to you and he's like no i said okay so if they were paying you double what your price is would that work for you or is it still important for you to be with your son he says well if it doesn't interfere, I said, because you can always block your schedule for the, for the activities, right? It's yeah. easy to do. And uh, we set it up. And he said, man, I'm making more money now with the overtime because guess what? We open at 9 on the window. If you're here at 7 o'clock, that's overtime. Yeah. yeah. Why are you coming in and being nice to that client because he tips you five extra dollar, ten extra dollar? No, charge Yeah. Yep. So we have the early bird prices, we have regular schedule prices, we have overtime prices. That's the benefit of having your own app and having systems And infrastructure for you guys,
0: man. It's just it's a different world, man. It's, it's a different world when yeah. you operate like a professional. You start yeah. to really understand business and and uh and want to grow in that. Cause so many, so many barbers we and I remember just being stuck in the hustle mentality, just being stuck in the the grind of of it. You gotta like, nah, you gotta Mm -hmm. elevate, elevate, elevate. So I don't want to work for any
1: other company, work for any other company they actually work overtime, you getting overtime pay same thing when you're a business owner
0: yeah and you got to be able to separate yourself as a business owner and a practitioner so when Mm -hmm. you're a practitioner you may get stuck in the hustle mindset because all you're doing is looking at the labor for the money but when you become Mm -hmm. a business owner you understand that oh no this is what i have to do to make the money as a practitioner but i'm not going to put myself as a practitioner in a worse state that somebody else if i was a if i was an employee of them they would Mm -hmm. they would make sure i got overtime so i have to to make sure that yep. I get overtime pay as a practitioner. And because, but you have, that's yep. a owner thinking like that. That's not yep. a, a, a traditional barber.
3: Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So I don't want to hold you no longer, Tariq, man. This has been outstanding. And just the fact that you drove Phenomenal. in the snow and blessed us uh, with this conversation. Yeah. We really, really, really appreciate yep. it. I hope to feel that.
2: Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Like I said, I appreciate you guys. And, um, you yeah. know, anytime, man,
0: it, this was great. I really enjoyed
1: it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, the- we enjoyed oh, it man. too. Yeah, we enjoyed this it too, man. This
0: was valuable for us. <laughs> but I know for as many people that are going to be able to watch this episode, um, they are going to get a lot of value from this. So uh, thank you one more time. And uh, from here at Elevated Barbers Podcast, I hope that you all enjoyed this uh, episode with Tyreek Jackson. He dropped gym after gym after jewel after jewel. And uh, as the owner of Premier Barber Institute, he educates his students, but he is also educating the industry. And he took his time to educate us today. So I really, really appreciate it again. Uh, But for Elevated Barbers, we are out.
1: Peace. One, two, three, four.